0: Stafford empty out of the gun, he's got it back, looks, looks, pumps one, steps up, looks, throws and
1: caught, gets down Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson, yes! they did it, they
0: tied it, they're an extra point away from winning this game, oh baby, how big is that? Mayfield back to pass, looks, going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones, touchdown, he got it, he got it, the rookie from Michigan got it, With It's left to go! Pass, side pass intercepted! It's Dan Sorensen! A pick six! Dan Sorensen! Dirty Dan Sorensen! Snap to Wilson, quick for over the middle, picked off! It's intercepted at the 40-yard line! Isaiah Simmons has it! Ball is down, kick from Gonzalez is up, it
2: looks good!
0: It is good! The Cardinals win it!
2: Well, there's a lot of highlights from a crazy Sunday in the NFL. The Cardinals. We'll start there with the last highlight, I guess. Yes! Hey. Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, yes! Back from the dead. Yes! Man. Down 10, 34-24. How'd they get that thing to overtime? And then get the interception for one of the game's best quarterbacks. They kicked the field and with it. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I, you know, I've been saying it for a long time because they're, they're your Super Bowl pick and they were the last undefeated team in the NFC. Pittsburgh's the last undefeated team in the NFL now after beating the previous undefeated Titans and the Seahawks go down. I thought their defense was going to sink them at some point because it's just not very good. Actually, Ian, was, Ian Furness, our old boss, was tweeting about that. But a little surprising that the offense contributed to the problems there with the late pick.
1: Uh, Nick Saban made a comment last week, and that pertains to college football, but I don't know how if it's a complete and total carryover to, to the pros, but he's talking about you win games these days with offense. And the ev- evolution of offense really has just uh, taken over the game. It's one of the reasons why the NFL, obviously, is the most popular sport that we have, because there is a lot of offense. And so you've got to be good on offense, and then you have to make sure you don't make mistakes. And Russell Wilson uncharacteristically threw a couple of floaties that didn't have any zip on them, that got picked. It was uh, very much a surprise in that way. And the Cardinals took advantage. Yeah, I thought there was no way they were going to win. Watching that game, flicking back and forth early between them and the uh, World Series, thinking, all right, this is Seattle's game. He's Seattle's, Seattle's not only going to win it, but Seattle's going to go three up on the division and basically clinch it without clinching it. And nevertheless, it did not happen. It was a miraculous uh, effort by the Cardinals coming up with the rookie gets the interception in overtime. And Cliff Kingsbury tripping all over himself earlier in the overtime. I'm watching that game saying, Cliff, what in the world are you doing, man? I mean, this no, these kicks are not guaranteed. Even going Gonzalez, former Sun Devil, is pretty good. You're going to leave Russell Wilson plenty of time. What are you doing? And then sure enough he gets bailed out. And Gonzalez gets bailed out, gets bailed out. And it really capped just a phenomenal, phenomenal sports weekend. One of the better ones that we have had.
2: Daniel Sorensen, the former Cougar had a week. Monday, that one-handed interception. Against the Bills and then the pick six in Denver. Talk about a floaty. That thing was floated out to the sideline. <laughs> he, was just, he was looking at that thing and, oh, they just teed that up for me. I, I get it, it wasn't special teams, but it was teed up for him. Nice slide at the end and celebration. Too bad it wasn't, you know, a packed house and all that, but it was still nice.
1: Well, it would have been on the road anyway. Yeah. It was in Denver, but, uh, yeah, at that point I had turned that game off. Seen enough, grateful that I have my NFL ticket this week and was able to go on to games that were far more competitive.
0: To
2: you get to that uh, Cleveland-Cincinnati game, the game that would have never, ever been chosen on the face of it, but that turned out to be the most entertaining game. There's one punt in the whole game. The last five possessions were all touchdowns. and Five, five lead changes in the fourth quarter in the game winner with 11 seconds left. Yeah, I think the Cardinals-Seahawks game was the most entertaining, but yeah, I did watch well, it. Well, in the afternoon time slot, when you, when you would have turned the channel to go watch. Uh, Joe Burrow, they're not winning, but,
1: you know, in the number 1 pick, you got it for a reason. It's because you stink most of the time, rather than unless you get it for a trade. Uh, so, I don't expect a lot of victories out of the Bengals, but again, I continue to be impressed with Joe Burrow. He looked very, very good, and if you tack on four rookie, if you put that clause in there, then it even elevates it even more.
2: 400 yards passing for Joe Burrow. Then he had uh, three touchdown passes. He ran for a fourth score. And after that 11 <laughs> seconds, if you stuck around, they had a Hail Mary. <laughs> and that ball, I mean, the defense has had a terrible day, obviously. But that ball got deflected from, like, the two-yard line into the end zone and then batted yeah. down. That was freakishly close to winning the game. I agree. I agree. A weird play of the day. Only the Atlanta Falcons could accidentally score a touchdown they didn't want to, and have it end up costing them the game. Congratulations, Atlanta! You amazed us. We don't expect much, and you you still amazed us.
1: Yeah, it was a complete and total Penn State deal. The Penn State kid against uh, Indiana did the same exact thing. Went to score uh, when it was obvious that the Indiana defense is going to let him score and then he tries to sneak his way back out of the end zone like Ooh, I didn't go in there. Hey, did we get in there? No, I didn't get in there. He tries to walk back. It was, it, was, it was funny.
2: Detroit was out of timeouts. Atlanta was at the 10 yard line. They should have just run that thing down and kick the field goal but the Lions, two big completions in the last 20 seconds to get from the 40 yard line into the end zone and kick the PAT and win the game. Uh, plenty more games there. Who else? Uh, who else impressed you or didn't? Uh, maybe Cam Newton with the three picks and getting pulled. That was. Uh, I didn't think the the Patriots are going to be real good, but that was real bad. That was
1: bad. Yeah, absolutely. That was bad. Uh, I think Justin Herbert continues to look good. His athleticism, which is not a surprise to us, if you followed him, even though he's a bigger kid, he looks great. I'm starting to wonder if that doctor did that thing on purpose to Tyrod Taylor. So take the pressure off a Lynn. But, I mean, obviously, Herbert's your guy, man. This kid is looking sensational. I mean, I realized it was only the Jaguars, but he's looked better and better each week. And then the Cowboys, that a kid on Dalton was an absolute disgrace. He should be suspended for the rest of the year. I can't believe I actually saw that play. And of course Dalton was gonna get concussed. If I was Dalton, I'd bring a lawsuit against that kid. That was just completely and totally
2: unacceptable. Twenty-five to three, Washington and Dallas now two and five, and the Eagles now two four and one leading the division. And it's on in the NFC East. But you're right, that was a brutal play. Just brutal. Uh, Tom Brady got it going now that was Tom Brady that was best case Tom Brady and including one of the touchdown passes he threw to the back left corner of the end zone that didn't look like a guy who lost any arm strength
1: well yeah but that's uh, that wasn't a long throw you're talking about the one to Gronk
2: Uh, no no it wasn't to Gronk it was to uh, Godwin Yes, I think it was the Godwin touchdown. And they were probably at about the 30-yard line, and he threw it to the back of the end zone. Yeah, it was yeah, dagging yeah. across the field. I mean, he wasn't airing it out 60 yards, but it was still a pretty deep throw, and it was on the money. He threw for 369 yards and four scores. All right, uh, Monday Night Football, Chicago Bears 5-1, and Los Angeles Rams 4-2. and The Rams trying to pick up a game on, the, on uh, Seattle now that they know the Seahawks lost, so... It's early in the year, but that's a pretty good matchup, and those are pretty good stakes. The Bears are uh, trying to keep pace with the uh, – or trying to stay in front of. The Packers are both on one loss. The uh, Packers picked up a win effortlessly over, uh, over Houston. Jamal w- Williams ran for 114 yards, scored a touchdown, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is fl- throwing it all over the place. Ran for 77, though. Ran for
0: 77, totally. 114
2: with the receiving yeah. yards added in, right? So that's a good game tonight. Uh, Also, your guy, Bruce Arians, you got to own him from his days in Arizona. Uh, He tells reporters, as far as San Antonio Brown, who's been suspended multiple times and been through multiple teams, he's matured and, I believe, in second chances.
1: Oh, bullcrap, Bruce. (laughs) He's a player. Second chances? Yeah, with the emphasis on the S S. at the end of second chances. He's had a, a second chance, so once... You can only get a second chance, and then, then it, it just becomes, becomes a third, second
2: chances—the third or the fourth chance.
1: Yeah, I mean, all the stuff that he's done, but he's a—he's a talent. I mean, give me a break. DJ
2: and PK.
0: Hashtag BYU. BYU gets lined up as fast as they can. Four Wilson going deep. Wilson toward the end zone, and it is caught. Mill touchdown take a bow oh my goodness third and 16 McBride standing in where can he go with the football McBride heaves it and intercepted here come the Cougars Kafusi inside the 10 cuts back in what a run touchdown oh my goodness what
2: a run so Texas State blown away in the first half. BYU wins 52-14 the Isaiah Kafusi pick in the last segment you just heard from Isaiah Kafusi and Kalani Sataki. Another effortless win as the Cougars move to 6-0 now 10th in the coaches poll 11th in the media poll and PK I don't really know what we learned from that game. We expected them to win easily they won easily. It was 35-7 at the half. So on to Western Kentucky which really ought to be the same deal.
1: Yeah, I think we learned though Texas State's the best one and six team in the country. You like that line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're sleepwalking through this portion of the schedule. Get me to Boise.
2: I suppose the uh, if Texas State is the best one and six team in the country, then uh, what is Western Kentucky? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you the first thing about them <laughs> outside the
1: Hilltoppers. There's no point in analyzing this game whatsoever. You just hope nobody gets injured, and you move on, and then you set
2: up the big-time showdown next week. With Boise State. And speaking of the Broncos...
0: Hashtag Utah State. Inside handoff to Warren. Into the end zone. Touchdown Utah State. First, first score of the Aggies season and it comes courtesy of Jalen Warren, Warren who earned all of that drive for the Aggies. Two receivers of the near. Tight formation for the Aggies. Third and goal from the two at Boise State. Handoff to Warren. Warren bounces through one but is stopped at the one. No he's keeping running. Can he get in? Yes! He was stopped at the one. Kept the legs turning. It's spun into the end zone, and the Aggies have got two touchdowns in the last two possessions and have turned this into a two-possession game.
2: Scotty G on the call as Utah State goes to Boise State, falls behind 28-0 at the half. You hear those two quick touchdowns with the help of the self-blocked punt, and then Boise State scored too late in 142-13. So, the question, PK, how much of that game do you think is the Aggies have a problem, and how much of that game is the Aggies' problem is Boise State's really good, which, of course, is what BYU fans want to know because they're playing the Broncos a week from Friday.
1: Well, we can get an analysis from Gary Anderson later this morning because, obviously, he has been coaching and scouting against Boise State for many, many times over the years. As I said last night on television, Boise State isn't really competing in the Mountain West, Boise State is always competing against its own legacy. And how does this team compare to some of the great teams, and not better teams, some of the great teams that Boise has had? And so far, obviously, it looks like they can be in that same ballpark because they have some highly skilled talent at quarterback, running back, and receiver. Uh, but as far as Utah State goes, I was just thoroughly disappointed into it with their throw game as... Kyle Whittingham would call it it was just abysmal they've got to get better I was impressed with Jalen Warren Uh, defensively obviously they've got some issues there Uh, so uh, and it doesn't get it uh, maybe it gets a little easier the cliche is it doesn't get any easier but you probably played the best team in the conference so by definition it should get easier
2: So, Air Force uh, is Boise State's next opponent, and it'll be curious to see how much of a read we get on that. With Air Force losing to San Jose and Air Force not at full strength, Scotty G was giving me a list of the guys that were out. It was massive. I don't know that we're going to get a better read on Boise State. It'll be interesting to see what Gary tells us at 9.30. You know, usually you expect that second game to give you a better read. We'll have to see when we get there. I'm not sure that's going to happen.
1: Well, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a great game if that's what you're getting at. It doesn't matter. I don't need a better read on Boise State. That's BYU's best opponent to date, and I'm not going to downgrade it. I'm not. We're two weeks away, and I'm not going to downgrade Boise State if BYU should happen to win.
2: Utah State's getting ready for San Diego State at Maverick Stadium. Uh, I think, well, well, first off, I just think the fact that you uh, dialed into the game when there was so much else going on uh, is probably more than most people did. But I think that the people who did do what you did came away the exact same read uh, with Utah State getting ready for San Diego State. Hard to tell how good they were because UNLV looked inept. Well,
1: UW continually sucks. I mean, it's a new coach. It's a new beginning. Well, until you get new players, <laughs> I mean, you can have Cardinals Arroyo co- coaching there. And I realize it's all oh, the, the new guys, the uh, Oregon OC, and they're trying to pump it up because that's what the announcers do. They've got to make sure that they make the other team sound good so you'd be interested in watching it. But they were just pathetic. And Santa State looked like the same Santa State team that I've seen the last few years. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Baker threw the ball. 25 times is a lot if you go back to the 70s maybe, but uh, it's not that much today. And they, they, they won with the same. The point is they've won with the same formula. Rocky Long ought to get that victory added to his uh, victory total. He's not the coach there anymore. But they look like they're going to be a decent team. And for the Cougars, that's going to be a decent test at the end of the season.
2: San Diego State led 27-0 and had 300 yards of offense at halftime. That thing was over, and you could move on to the next thing. So it'll be the Aztecs and the Aggies coming up Saturday night uh, for Utah State's home opener. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college
2: football. Phoenix looks, takes the snap, looks over the middle, second guesses, fires, throws, Ty Freifogel, does he make the catch in the end zone? Yes! Touchdown! And Ty Freifogel ties this football game, or will,
0: if the kick is made. What failure was the guy who made the grab?
2: It It was what I thought it was. Fry Fogle, I saw him spin out there and I thought I saw three. Fry Fogle set. Here's the stab back. Penix looks, he runs with it. Looks, looks to the end zone. Now he tries to run it. He tried to dive for the end zone, and I don't think he got in. And Wait a second. Oh, they say he did. They say he did. Indiana beats Penn State. The shocker of the day 36 35 in overtime. The disputed two point conversion. Do you think he got in, PK? you think he was out?
1: Well, I think it goes to the ruling of that you have to have conclusive evidence to overturn something that you see out on the field. And since they ruled it good, I think maybe they got caught up in the moment, the referees. It looked like it possibly was out, so it go back to the conclusive thing. But I watched a good portion of that game, and it was a fun game. Absolutely fun game. Penn State, I put that on coaching, man. They go for it. Indiana goes for it at the end there, and fourth down, they don't get it. And what's obvious, everybody knows, okay, they're going to let them score because they're only down by eight. So get the ball, drive down the field, get the two-point conversion, and away you go. And the Penn State back runs it, and no one's near them. They purposely just let him go. He should have gone down. <laughs> you you should have gone over that 5,000 times before you took the field.
2: Penn State's got a loss, and now they got to play Ohio State. So could be over before it starts for Penn State as far as the playoff and all that. Uh, Michigan looked good. They just rolled Minnesota. That was, uh, they put 49 up on the board. Minnesota's coming off a good year, 11-2, and but Michigan took it to them. That was a good win for the Wolverines to start yeah. things off. Any other games? Uh, Oklahoma State stayed undefeated. We're all wondering if the Big 12 is going to be able to get a team in the playoff, and they are the last undefeated. A bunch of the one-loss teams were taking losses in the Big 12, so everybody's sitting on two. Oklahoma State is the hope for the league. Yeah, that was
1: a good win for them, no question about it. Hard fought with uh, Iowa State, and uh, we'll see what they can do, speaking of the Cowboys, but that was was an impressive win. Oklahoma's already got a couple losses. I mean, they had a nice, impressive win over TCU, but as far as the playoff, it doesn't seem like it matters. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NBA.
2: So the NBA reportedly looking at a uh, Christmas Day-ish start, maybe a little pre-Christmas Day, getting a few games, but basically they want to make sure they play that big game and, TV networks can give them money for playing those five big games on Christmas Day, have that big day. Uh, reduce schedule, 72 games, keep the play in tournament, uh, compress the schedule a little bit with no all star game, no all star weekend. I'm fine, more games that week, less uh, pomp and circumstance and goofiness. And get done in time for the Summer Olympics. And I was thinking about this, PK. Okay, yes, the NBA profits from the Summer Olympics because it, it it spreads the sport around the world. But I'm wondering how much—well, first off, I'm wondering if the Olympics are going to happen. And then I wonder how much of this is—hey, some of our sponsors are some of the Olympic sponsors. So how much of this is business? And then the other thing is maybe they don't want to go quite so deep into the summer and slide back to the traditional schedule. So by shortening this up— they can start the next season earlier and if not get back to the old schedule get pretty close to it?
1: Oh, I think it's the latter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think that uh, the ratings would indicate that it wasn't much of a success. Uh, I I know the sympathizers want to make excuses, but, uh, you know, they don't they don't make excuses the other way. When the ratings are great, they just say, look at it, man. It's so, so popular. It's the world's most popular sport behind soccer, blah, 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 blah. So they want to pump it up. Well, fine, if you want to do that. And then when the ratings aren't nearly as good, you got to take the hit, too. And they clearly they weren't for whatever reasons. I and mean, we don't need to get into all that stuff right now. And I'm sort of tired of it anyway. But uh, I think they need to get back to that schedule. So, yeah, I didn't think that 2021 was going to be an 82-game schedule starting in October. Obviously, the season would start this week, so try to do what you can. 72 games, I'm fine with it. Start on Christmas Day or or a couple days earlier is even better. And Get in those games, get into the postseason, get back to your traditional calendar. Hopefully, the Olympics are played. I don't personally care if they're played, but a lot of people want them to be played, so play them, and then we'll see you again next October. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college basketball.
2: Okay, a couple stories. Number one, I was wondering if this was ever going to happen. It seems like it's taken like three years to play out, but here it is, finally, Arizona. Notice of allegations. Uh, We don't know all the details. Uh, There are all kinds of stories coming out that it's really bad for the Arizona coaching staff. Finally, PK, we've been waiting for this forever.
1: Well, unless Sean Miller is replaced, then it's not really bad for the Arizona coaching staff. Right.
2: Right. But apparently the allegations are going to lead to Sean Miller. I guess we'll have to find out, because we still don't fully know what they all are. The U of A
1: knows, and they haven't replaced them.
2: You, uh, also, the West Coast Conference, multiple reports that they're considering a bubble environment in Las Vegas for their conference games. The league expected to make the announcement in the next couple of weeks, according to John Rothstein. So... I guess with all the classes online, uh, you can go to Vegas and play basketball and do all your classes online. It'll be weird, but if it helps them get the season in. Well, if there's no NCAA tournament, then what's the difference? DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag Major League Baseball. One and two to Peterson. Now the pitch. And there's a fly ball to center field. That's well hit. Way back and gone! A home run! Jock Peterson, his second home run of the postseason. And the Dodgers take a 3-0 lead. Three balls, two strikes. A pitch to Muncy. And there's a fly ball to right. Max Muncy has left the yard in a
2: very big way. And the Dodgers take a 4-2 lead. And the Dodgers win Game 5, 4-2. to two. Strong start from Clayton Kershaw. Gives up two runs in five and two-third innings. The bullpen comes on, seals the deal. They win the game. And there was some cool stuff in that game. We can get into a PK. But the game of the weekend was Saturday night. I don't know how you top that. You can't possibly top that. You, nobody would believe that if you wrote a script like that. That was a crazy, crazy entertaining game
1: it really was man it's what why i love baseball as much as i do there's no clock you're only playing against each other you got 27 of them and it's not over until the 27th is secured and it wasn't secured in a phenomenal way i mean we make a big deal about daniel jones i didn't think daniel jones tripping was that big of a deal because then rosarina fell too same situation uh and and the dodgers didn't know it and they botch a couple of throws and We know what happened there, but it's just absolutely incredible. As a a friend of mine texted me, what's not to love
2: about baseball? You had two boots and a trip,
1: and it leads (laughs) to the winning run.
2: Game six tomorrow night. The Dodgers trying to close it out, up three games to two is there a party that wants to see Tampa Bay win that game so we get a game 7 well, I think and then the Dodgers anyway. get get a lead in game 7 and Kershaw's got to come in in relief like so many pitchers he'll have 2 days off can he give him one inning
1: Uh, I wouldn't necessarily go one inning. I would see what the situation is. But, yeah, I think Tampa Bay, with the pitching situation, would be favored tomorrow night. And so I'm expecting them to win. So that scenario that you see there that you just mentioned, I don't know about Kershaw coming in, but as far as the Game 7, would actually surprise me if it didn't happen.
2: And it would be Bueller in Game 7, which would give the Dodgers a better shot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Well, PK, we always talk about three-point shooting in the NBA. You know, you say a guy had a good game. Well, it means he shot the ball well. Well, that's the only thing to give him points for. You can do all the other stuff right, but you don't get points for it. And RSL dominated the game, but couldn't put a shot in the back of the net. 24-8 to 8 in shots. Uh, they outshot him and hit the frame three times, and none of that matters. Scoreless game. They only get one point when they needed three. Mathematically, they're still alive in the playoff race, but realistically, that one hurt a lot. They're at San Jose Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, the frustration level has got to be extremely high there.
2: Yes, I would think the frustration level is extremely high. They did everything right and just didn't score a goal when they should have. It's actually. It is. It is. And and the thing is, you could feel it because two of the they hit the frame twice early. The best chance was the first one, and it was like in the 6th minute, 7th minute, 6th minute, I think. And they had another one about the half hour mark. So even at the 40 minute mark, I could look at the clock and think, boy, you can feel this coming. You know, maybe somebody will score. And they had more chances. And, and they did put some of them on frame, and the opposing goalkeeper, Maurer, made a couple of great saves. But, well, good saves, I don't know if they were great, but they were still good saves. So, one point, and on to San Jose now. DJ and PK, that is what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, we told you Gary Anderson, Utah State coach. He'll join us at 930. Also, Utah Media availability. Today at 8.30, we're expecting Kyle Whittingham. Have you seen the rest of the list? Solomon Enos, wide receiver maybe? Yeah, Freddie Whittingham, tight ends coach. Also, Cole Fotheringham and Brent Keithy also available. All right, we'll hear from the Utes coming up about 8.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Let's go! The big show! It's
0: a big- with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The former Ute, Christian Cox, with us. How weird is it for it to be October and you won't play until the 7th of November? Uh, Yeah, you know, what a hard thing, especially to be a senior. I think about my own situation, right? Going into my senior year in 2010, I wasn't first-team all-conference. I wasn't even on the radar to get a shot to play in the league. And you need those games. The games are what separate you that let you catapult up to the next level. I'm glad to see that there will be some games, but so hard for those guys and whether this is too harsh of an opinion, I think the Pac-12 could have played a little sooner. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Well, there was, as you just heard, as we recap the weekend, a lot that went on. So the question of the day up on our Facebook page, what was your favorite part of this great sports weekend, which went right down to the end in overtime in Arizona late Sunday night? What was the best part of it? Brandon, Game 4 of the World Series was pretty good stuff. Brian, World Series has been incredible. Another Brian, without a doubt, the World Series. Game 4 was extraordinary. PK, it's hard to say. Well, first off, we haven't seen them all. We've read about some of them. But have you got better World Series games than that? I mean, a handful of famous, you know, walk-off home runs or the ball through Buckner's legs. I mean, how many games could you come up with better than that one?
1: Well, in terms of an ending, uh, I don't know that you can come up with a better ending because it was so unreal and unprecedented. I think that, obviously, Game 7s, in whatever fashion it may be, uh, actually, you need more than a walk-off home run, because we've seen that. That's not unusual. That's relatively common. So you need something that is different. That, and this one fit the bill. Extremely different. Some dude down to his last strike. And that's the thing about baseball is that baseball, because it has the slowness of play. Uh, you know, in football, it's like the play's going to happen. In basketball, the shot's going to be taken. Well, in baseball, the count can go 1-0, and 1-1, 1-2, so forth and so on. And it adds to the tension and the drama, and it builds. And there's a culmination that you have in that sport that you don't have in the other sports. And so that was on display there. And then to have the play that really I can't say that I have anything that I've seen that compares to it. Uh, the runner falling down halfway between third and home and thinking that uh, even the Tampa Bay guys listen to him and they go, okay, well, at least we tied the game. you know. <laughs> right. And so uh, it's starting new going into the next inning, into the 10th inning, and so we'll see what happens at that point. And any time you get deep into the bullpens with the Rays having a tie or the lead, the, favor- the advantage is going to be for them because they have a better – uh, bullpen i think they have a better entirety of pitching staff i don't think their lineup is nearly as good as the dodger lineup I and mean, that's that's the difference so if the dodgers can get their four wins out of bueller and kershaw i realize that kershaw didn't uh yeah the kershaw got the win yeah, yeah. so he did get the win because yeah. uh, he left with the lead uh so if you can go two and two there uh getting your four out of those two guys starting that's good enough uh, they don't have the depth that, that Tampa Bay has, but they have a better lineup. So that was just an unbelievably dramatic finish. I mean, you're looking like you're going to win it. You're going to take a commanding 3-1 lead. No. And then you think, all right, well, then there's are man, that balloon has popped. It's burst. How do you come back from that drama? They should be just mentally and emotionally fatigued
2: and all that, and defeated. Nope.
1: Two in the, the first, ball. one in the yeah. second. That's the strongest yeah.
2: start as you could have hoped for. Play yeah. some small ball. Play. Some, right. Oh, by the way, this is just a footnote on this. But is it really an infield single when it gets onto the outfield grass? <laughs> I mean, it didn't go to an outfielder. So as long as an infielder picks it up, it's an infield single.
1: I I don't know that it matters to to Bellinger. I think is what you're talking about there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what they call it. Whatever and call it, whatever you want. Uh, so, yeah, they they got in the runs there and, and then held on. And, and then, then you have that uh, last night's thing, the uh, steal of home by Margot, which he's out by just uh, the narrowest of margins. And Kershaw have enough wherewithal to know to step off, to not balk, because he comes to that exaggerated set, and he's a left-hander, so obviously his back is to third base. And he raises his hands as high as they could possibly go and then brings them down slowly. So clearly the Rays had studied that situation and then clearly the Dodgers had been prepared for that, but at least Kershaw was, because once he heard Muncy yell, the first baseman, he knew full well to step back so it doesn't become a balk, any type of a herky-jerky or delay and whatnot, and it's a balk. And he's barely out. I thought it was an excellent opportunity for the Rays in that situation. And they had first and third, and they didn't score a run. That was what's what the disappointment was. But with two outs, making third out, at that close of a play at the plate, I don't have any problem with. And as someone who has stole home myself, you know, I can relate to that situation. I, in my legendary baseball career, had a steal of home. (laughs) Moon Valley. (laughs) Ozzie Virgil played in the big leagues. Billy Barola, a friend of mine, because we used to combine the summer league teams, he was on the mound, he went into the big windup, and I took off, and that blazing speed. <laughs> it was actually a suicide squeeze, but the batter missed it. <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't let me steal second base under any circumstances, <laughs> let alone trying to, squeeze, trying to steal of home. But I came barreling in there, and it was a curveball. It was a perfect situation, man. Got a great jump. I always had the ability to anticipate. I just had no talent, but I had the mind. And so I got a great jump because I knew he took an, an inordinately slow windup, a full windup, no less, instead of even going from the stretch. And curveball, kid misses the bunt, I slide underneath and, and was safe. And, and, and believe me, I did not have a legendary high school career under any circumstances. So the bo- both highlights I like to replay often in my mind. I couldn't throw the ball over the mountain, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, it was a dramatic, dramatic play, man. And he barely got him, so that that was that was something that you don't see all the time. But yeah, I mean, this is why why we love sports, man—the drama of it. And then that game's over, and my wife says, "Hey, flick on the football." And I'd been going back and forth, and uh, I thought the Cardinals were going to lose, so I was slow to fl- flick over. She says, "No, I'll flick it back over now." Yeah. Well, I was going to watch a little bit of post game, and I didn't. I watched zero post game, and. Uh, Watch that ending, and that was dramatic too. It was a phenomenal weekend of sports, man. It's why I'm so grateful to have this gig and why I'm a sports fan. I'm not really caught up in winning and losing. I'm caught in, caught up in drama. And just how about Metcalf chasing down Buddha Baker? Oh my gosh. I mean, that play alone was <laughs> off the charts, man. That was sensational. I mean, he's dead sprinting. You see him churning his muscles. He I means a big dude, and he's just hauling down that field. And the Cardinals don't score on that and a I thought it was ridiculous on fourth down. They tried to go for it instead of kicking the field goal, And that almost came back to bite him. It's like Clint Kingsbury did three or four things that you're not supposed to do. And yet they still got out of there with a W. Incredible.
2: DK Metcalf is so much bigger than Buda Baker. I mean, it looked like a grown man chasing down a little kid. And I guess Metcalf's probably on the big side for a receiver. And then Buda Baker's probably a little undersized for a corner. But Buda Baker caught that ball and was in. You know, sometimes your momentum's taking you across the field. But he's like, he's just pointing the goal line. He's just flying down the sideline. And, uh, you know, the way uh, I saw it later on Twitter uh, when I got home and, of course, it's the way they edit it, it just it loops, right? So you just naturally can watch it over and over again. And you can see Metcalf's momentum is taking him towards the sideline. So he's got to change direction. But he had decided, like the five-yard line, you could see it in his body language. I'm the only one who's catching this guy, and I am catching this guy. It, it was phenomenal to watch that a couple times in a row and just see the determination and him just running him down. It was like a kid playing up or down a couple of grades. You know, it, just, it, didn't look, it didn't look fair. Well,
1: that's what I want. That's the number one thing that I want when I turn on television, when I go to an event, man or woman, I don't care. I want them to ball out. I, whatever your best is, and sometimes your best is better than it is the day before, the week before, I understand that. But whatever it is, I want you to give me your all. And those guys gave their all. And Metcalf, what a phenomenal effort, you know, just to see him run and to to, to make that play. And Baker didn't really have an angle, so like he couldn't really angle away right. from him. Yeah. So uh, because the sideline was uh, an enemy of his at the time, but yeah, it was just just incredible, man. And we Bud Baker went to. Uh, the University of Washington, so we've been able to watch him play now for a number of years, and he's been a star. He's been a very good player for a number of years, and uh, so that that was sensational. But it was the essence of why I watch the sports, and and uh, you know, in my own situation, I got a uh, a wife, and she's got a well, she got a broken leg, so she can't go anywhere, and so I'm home a lot. I mean, I I can't go really. I go to the gym, and that's it. Because she can't move. (laughs) So just to get a drink of water, she needs help, right? So my point is, I'm watching sports more than I ever watched them. And this weekend, money well spent. Well, I didn't spend any money. Time well
2: spent. (laughs) Uh, On your cable and satellite bills. (laughs) Your cable and satellite bills. And time is money. You're you're right. right. Time is money. Yeah. But I literally
1: don't have anywhere else to go because I can't for another, uh, well, for several weeks, pretty much to the end of the calendar year. Um, I'm virtually ho- housebound, except, you know, make a, a trip to the gym. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. I've gone to the grocery store more times in the last three weeks than I think I've had in the last 20 years. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm watching sports. Uh, I'm watching everything, man. And I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. And we're going to get more of it, hopefully, with the Pac-12 starting and BYU's big game. And what are we? Uh, Twelve days away, and I'm eagerly anticipating that game. I just, this is this this is just great, absolutely great for me.
2: Well, the good news is that the Mountain West, with the way their TV deal works, and to get all the games in, or at least as many as they can on their TV deal, they've given uh, FS1 and CBS Sports Network mm-hmm. each a weeknight game. So there's a game every Thursday and every Friday. And uh, I guess you're, it's too bad you don't have the Monday Night Football doubleheader we've been getting. They didn't have to delay any games this week, so there's no Monday, Monday afternoon or Tuesday night game. So you come up a little short there. But you'll have the World Series Tuesday night. I can pretty much plan out your viewing for the week. There's one big game every night. Oh yeah. Assuming, yeah, assuming yeah. there's a game seven, which you know we're all assuming because of the pitching matchup in six. Snell makes. Well, oh, yeah. I the mean, favorite.
1: I'm I'm am mourning the loss of uh, the NBA starting. Yeah.
2: All right. DJ and PK a
1: week, a uh, time of year. I mean.
2: DJ and PK, we've got the uh, question of the morning. You can hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter, David DJ James. What was the highlight of a really good weekend of sports? I mean, that was a great sports weekend. What was your highlight? we got a lot of people talking college football. We're going to get to that. There are people talking about the Aggies, people talking about the Cougars. We're going to get to that coming up. You can hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Grab your phone. Use the app, use the open mic, and send us your 15-second take, and Yak will play it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Uh-huh. Yes is Hans Olson and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Eric Weddle right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What do you think of their decision to bench Fitzpatrick and put Tua in there as the starter?
2: I mean, that is a sad reality of our business and the emotional side of the game. Uh, it is a job and when you give it your all and then you got fired and then having to muster up enough energy and to your emotions to go sit in a team meeting and then so sit in your quarterback's room, an offensive team meeting, and you're the guy that got fired. You're the guy that got demoted. It's not an easy thing to deal with by any means.
0: pants and Scotty, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network.
2: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Rest Carpet Cleaning, proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Rest Cleaning today by calling them at 801 288 9376. Question of the morning. That was an awesome sports weekend. What was your favorite part? What was the highlight? And uh, we got a lot of people talking college football. Jim says, Big Ten football, baby, on Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin going to take down Ohio State PK? Or will nothing deter the Buckeye football machine? Because certainly Nebraska won't. We learned that pretty quickly. How about Mich- Michigan, though? Yeah, Michigan. That was a dominating performance against Minnesota.
1: And, you know, I'm not going to rule out Penn State this week, but Ohio State does look very, very powerful, as they should. They pay for it. this you get your money's worth. Uh, I never pick a team to go undefeated, but this might be the year because it's not as many games, and it's just a funky year. Who's going to be available in each game? That's why I'm not putting a lot of stock in. Or as my, I'm putting a lot of stock, I'm gonna take that back. I'm not putting as much stock as I normally would into this year, because I don't know who's gonna be available, who's not going to be available. You know what positions have been impacted by contact tracing, all those types of things. The Aggies with a, a number of guys uh, not available. You already spoke about Air Force and yeah. their situation, so. You know, I'm still going to put stock because they're going to play the games. And I'm going to watch, and you know, you're, you're going to ball out to win. There's no question about that. So it's not like it's meaningless. It's not uh, the bowl games to a degree. I've lost a lot of, uh, give a you know what on the uh, outcome of the bowl to try to determine whether your season has been a success or not. Uh, I, I just don't think for Utah the last two seasons that they lost those bowl games. In my mind, it had very little impact. On whether I viewed the season as a success or I didn't so that's the case there so I'm not going to that level but because of the fact of the situations that we have at hand I don't put as much stock still put stock but not as much stock well, so it's very likely that we could see more undefeated this year possibly
2: uh, since Jim, uh, the last comment I just read here said on Wisconsin, just to your point about you don't know who's going to be available, Wisconsin's quarterback threw five touchdown passes yeah. in their 45 7 win over Illinois. And obviously, Illinois hadn't been very good, but uh, Graham Mertz is the kid's name. He's 20 of 21 for yeah. 248 yards and five scores, but he had a positive test. If he has a second positive test, then he could miss 21 days. Well, there's no buys in the Big Ten this year, so that's three weeks, that's three games. Right. In, in an eight-game season, <laughs> he has one good game. He could, depending on if – you know, it could be a false positive. Hopefully could for be. him it is. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they come back negative and he's able to keep going. But if he's got it, then he's out three weeks, and so now it's middle of the year before he's back. And they've been talking about the fact this is an antigen test, which is more unreliable. They with that PCR, the swab test, right. to confirm it. And certainly we want him
1: to be uh, healthy right. and be eligible to play. But you just don't know. But I'm still going to put stock in it. I'm still going to watch it. I'm going to have – just not going to get worked up as much on the outcomes of it. And uh, so, but so, see the thing what is happens.
2: That the outcomes, you know, they will be the outcomes. I mean, the scores are real, right? The record is real. But it doesn't. What it normally does is it gives you an idea of the direction of the program. And it doesn't, this year, necessarily give you an idea of the direction of the program because it really can be a one-off. You know, we talk about losses, and there can be reasons, and there can be excuses. But if you're missing 14 guys, or you're missing 40 guys, or you're missing your starting quarterback, or you're missing, well, in the case of the Raiders, you know, their own line doesn't practice all week. Now, I think the Bucks are better than the Raiders anyway. But when the offense isn't functioning for a while, because the offensive line can't get into a groove, is that because the Bucks defense is really good? Which it is. Or is that because the Raider O-line just needs a little bit of time here to get themselves together? Or they're seeing some kind of blitzes they couldn't prepare for and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's hard to judge the direction of a program when you know there are these one-offs just completely built into it.
1: But I don't don't have a whole lot of sympathy at the NFL level for that.
2: Well, much easier for them to overcome than, than the college. I would agree with that. Yeah, but there's so, still these there's still these one offs, and you know the NFL it looks like they're going to play a full season, whereas with college we know they're playing depending on the league six, eight, ten, eleven games. I guess seven. Uh, right, and, and and
1: as Lincoln Kennedy, the Raider uh, said, the Raider stuff that was on a, that was a, a guy players wearing mistake. a bracelet. Right, that was a so, players mistake. I mean, they're I don't have any excuse. I, I can't. The league didn't have any.
2: Uh, <laughs> Neither did Lincoln either. Excuse for that? Yeah, he
1: wasn't going there, <laughs> no. so. That's, that's on them, and they set themselves up for that situation. That was their ignorance or their whatever the fill in the mistake. blank word you want to use mistake if that's I don't know if but but still, was it negligence? Was it an honest? I have no idea, nor do I care. Uh, but at the college level, it's a different situation there. and, and it's, it's just extremely different. Uh, but in the end, we're probably going to get Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State and who's the fourth team.
2: You know? <laughs> so that is how it is. Listen, when it came out 1-2-3 in the media poll, which doesn't matter, it's going to be the committee that does it, but at 1-2-3, you were not surprised at all. And you probably weren't very surprised by Notre Dame, who's undefeated, and that was effortless against Pitt. They just rolled through Pitt. Did, uh, Oklahoma, it's Notre Dame, Georgia, Oklahoma State in both polls, and Georgia's got the loss to Bama, and the others are undefeated.
1: Right, and Notre Dame's going to have their shot at Clemson. Clemson. A week from Saturday, so I'm looking forward to that game very much to see how legit the Irish are. I mean, I already know that Clemson is legit, uh, but I don't know to what level uh, is Notre Dame is legit. But are they Clemson legit? Remains to be seen. There,
2: I, I have to say, I'm assuming that the answer to that is no. But uh, I don't know. I'll be very happy to be wrong because Notre Dame is hardly. It's hardly the underdog in the Cinderella. But when you're going against what Clemson has been doing, Clemson doesn't seem to lose to anybody but Alabama.
1: Yeah, so we've got all this. So oh, this is a year off, and it's crazy. But nevertheless, the way it's looking, it's looking like it's trending right to where we knew it, which I think is a, is a negative towards college football. To be that predictable yes. is not something that I, particularly as a sports fan, if you're an Ohio State fan, you absolutely love it. But the rest of us, I would like a little more unpredictability. I would like a little more drama, see what happens type of thing.
2: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The question of the morning, what was the best part of that sports weekend? A lot of you are answering BYU. We will get to that coming up next. Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach at 830 right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.